Welcome everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Poliafito and I'm here today with Dr. Nick London from San Diego. And we're going to talk about antisense therapy for geographic atrophy. It's an exciting uh, conceptual departure from our current thinking about how geographic atrophy might be treated. Nick, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Great. Thank you so much, Carmen. It's really a privilege to be here and great to see you again. So tell us a little bit about what antisense therapy is. It, so antisense therapy is a unique approach to treating diseases, and there are several FDA-approved antisense treatments. I think there are um, about 18 or so that are now approved. And Ionis, which is the company behind uh, the Golden Study, which we'll be discussing a little bit, I think owns, it's sort of a leader in that field in the antisense oligonucleotide space, and it has three of those FDA-approved drugs, I, I believe. Antisense oligonucleotides are little strands of nucleotides that actually will degrade the mRNA strand and inhibit protein synthesis. So it actually stops the problem before the problem occurs, before the proteins are produced, which is different than what we usually do. We ha currently have monoclonal antibodies, receptor decoys that will um, try to target the protein following production. So, you know, I kind of ingest a little bit, think of this like, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator, where he goes back to kill John Connor before John Connor is even born to prevent things from even happening. So that's the... So, so the, the, it's a single strand of DNA, is that right? That's right. It's a, it's a strand of uh, nucleotides. Exactly. Right. And, it, and it inhibits messenger RNA from the yeah. mutated gene. Yeah, it, it actually, uh, it'll bind to the messenger RNA and then it, it will um, recruit an RNAs H1, which will then degrade, in this case, at least degrade the messenger RNA strand, uh, therefore inhibiting the production of the protein. So how is the drug delivered? So in this case, it's subcutaneous, which in most of my patients that are in the trial is in the abdomen. It can also be given in the thigh, but it's a pretty easy injection. Patients don't mind at all. You simply um, pinch you know, an inch or so of abdominal tissue, and it's a tiny little needle. Give it a little uh, volume of injection, and, and, and they're gone. So it's how, pretty well how tolerated. How frequently were the injections in the study? Um, monthly, monthly, monthly injections. So what, what, what molecular pathway are we targeting? So we're, we're trying to inhibit factor B production. So the, the drug is, uh, once you inject it subcutaneous, it's rapidly enters the drug, uh, the bloodstream goes to the liver where it's taken up by hepatocytes, which is where most of the factor B is produced. Uh, and in, in the hepatocytes, it inhibits the production of factor B through the, uh, the mechanism we just talked about. So, and the evidence for factor B's relevance to macular degeneration is from genetic association studies? Yeah, I mean, we know that the uh, complement system is, is involved. We've got a lot of evidence that complement activity is implicated in the path pathogenesis of GA. We know complement is deposited in drusen. Um, we know that complement inhibitors, we've got two complement inhibitors that are hopefully on the brink of uh, FDA approval. Um, and uh, we also have genetic studies, as you mentioned, so several genetic defects in the complement pathway. Um, this drug inhibits the, again, factor B, which is part of the alternative 
uh, pathway, which is the we believe is the most uh, implicated in GA progression. So what's the evidence um, from the phase one trials that this approach is safe and, uh, and elevates and suppresses factor B levels? Yeah, so um, a lot of the, the data are actually, we have some preclinical uh, studies. So prior to the phase one, they looked at um, uh, monkey studies and they did, uh, I believe, weekly injections with essentially the same drug and looked at both systemic and ocular factor B levels and showed a very dramatic reduction um, in factor B production, which really indicates that the majority of ocular factor B is derived from the liver, since we know this drug is, is acting at the level of the liver. The uh, phase one study um, was done several years ago in, in healthy volunteers. So these are patients without disease. And there were sort of two phases. There were a single ascending dose stage where they looked at three different doses of the medication given every three weeks. Um, and then a multiple ascending dose phase where they gave the, the uh, injection every two weeks and then every four weeks. In those studies, you saw uh, plasma concentrations after a single injection would, would dramatically decline, so plasma concentrations of, of factor B. Um, the drug was fairly rapidly cleared from the plasma, but stayed in the, the liver. Hepatic levels were, were there for quite a long time, which is what led into the phase two study design of every four-week uh, dosing. Um, and multiple doses demonstrated a pretty significant dose-dependent reduction in, in plasma factor B compared to placebo. So uh, maybe, I don't know if we can incorporate the slides at some point into the podcast, but we can show that or, if possible. So um, let's discuss the design of the phase two trial. When did it get started, by the way? When did it get started? Yes. Oh, I don't know. We've been involved in it for well over a year. It's been a, sort of slow to recruit for, um, it has a relatively high screen fail rate, usually uh, the size of the, of the lesion and previously fellow I CNVM, which uh, of note is now allowed. But I'd say for, we've been involved for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. in this is it near completion? Uh, no, I, I, let me see if I have the enrollment here. No, it's, uh, I think that they still are, I would guess around 50% enrollment, but I, I don't know so, that number. So let's talk about the design of the study. How, how's, what are the entry criteria? So the inclusion exclusion criteria are uh, age over 50, sort of your typical GA patient, BCVA better than 2200 and the lesion size about two to 17 disc areas. Um, the key exclusion criteria would be a history of a CNVM in the study eye, but a fellow eye is actually allowed, which is a, a little bit unique. Uh, they also exclude patients with a history of immune suppression or immune deficiency because this is a systemic complement inhibitor. The primary endpoint of the phase two study is the change in the size of the GA lesion from baseline to one year. Um, and key secondary endpoints are sort of common for our GA studies, low luminance, visual acuity, uh, change in plasma factor B levels, as well as the uh, change in serum and alternative complement pathway activity. There were two stages to the uh, phase two study. The first stage looked at three doses of the drug, the Ionis factor B drug compared to placebo, at which point they did a um, at three months, they did an interim analysis and decided to proceed with two of those dose levels in the second stage of the phase two study. And that's the phase that's recruiting now. Its target is to have about 270 patients uh, in the stage two 
with again the 12 month primary endpoint and patients are gonna be receiving monthly doses of the subcutaneous medication compared to placebo. Of course, the fellow eye is being treated as well. That's, the, that's one of the benefits of this. When I talk to my patients about the options and we've, we have about three or four GA studies that are currently enrolling, one of the big benefits of this study is that both eyes will be treated if you have GA in both eyes. We also, you know, there's some theoretical evidence that this might help if they have intermediate AMD. It might lower the risk of progression, GA or CNVM de- development uh, for people with a high risk intermediate AMD. The other benefit to patients is, again, that it's not an eye injection or surgical uh, treatment. So that's, that's attractive to a lot of patients. So why is factor, how is factor B uh, inhibition different than blocking C3? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great question. So I, I don't know. The, the one thing that I've been told, they both are going to be involved in the alternative complement pathway um, uh, uh, pretty strictly. Um, the factor B inhibition, we think will preserve much of the other pathways, the classical pathway and the lectin pathway. We also believe that factor B is involved in something called the amplification loop. So if we can inhibit factor B, we may inhibit that amplification loop. So where do you think this is going to go? I I think it's going to work. I hope it works. Um, you know, our patients sort of, as, as you well know, as everybody listening well knows, we've got a lot of patients with GA where we can do nothing and um, we need to have something effective. Again, we've got two drugs on the brink of approval, but uh, having multiple options, um, you know, who knows if we're going to be able to have combination therapy with these different options to do more than just a 20% or so reduction in GA progression um, as well as to give patients an option of something that, that isn't an eye injection and treats both eyes in one dose. So I don't know where it's going to go. That's why we're doing the, the phase two trial. I hope it's effective and I hope it leads into a phase three large trial. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Great. Well, Nick, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge about antisense therapy for geographic atrophy. Uh, you're Very interesting. Now. We'll have, to have you, we'll have you back after the phase two results are released. I'd love to. Thanks so much. Thank you.